Diving deep into Cardinals baseball with World Series champion Brad Thompson on the Redbird Report podcast on 101 ESPN, driven by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome into another edition of the Redbird Report podcast. I'm Brad Thompson. I'm your host, and the birds are rolling right now. This is a tiny bit more fun than we've had throughout this season. Do the Cardinals still have a record that is under 500? Yeah, yeah, there's six games under 500. 21 and 27, as I'm doing this podcast here in Cincinnati before the Cardinals start a four-game set with the Red Legs. But they're winning. They're winning games. They've won 11 of 14. They've gained a ton of ground within the division. Cardinals now are only five games back of the first-place Brewers, who they took down two of three uh, during this homestand. So all of a sudden, a season that appeared to be lost is now found. And again, we all know what this division is. We all realize that the NL Central is not the best division in baseball, but this is the division the Cardinals are in, thankfully so, and they are climbing themselves back into it. Kind of all you can ask for at this point, right? Nobody expected to dig a hole as deep as the Cardinals did. I don't think anybody expected the Cardinals to just continually find different ways to lose ball games because that's exactly what was happening. You'd hit on a given day, you wouldn't pitch. You'd pitch, you wouldn't hit. You'd do both, you wouldn't field. Like there were so many things that went wrong for this ball club, but all of a sudden, things have now clicked for the Redbirds. You look at the last 14 games for the Cardinals, and again, they've won 11 of 14. It is four straight series wins for the Cardinals. You remember for a long time, the first 11, actually, the Cardinals couldn't win a series opener. They're actually starting to get off on the right foot. you got to love that. But since May 7th, okay, here's the offense for the Cardinals. They're scoring 7.21 runs per game. That's first in all of baseball. They have 29 home runs. That's second in all of baseball, only behind the Yankees since May 7th. They've got an 859 OPS. That's first. And another one that doesn't have anything to do with the power is stolen bases. The Cardinals have stolen 17 bases since May 7th. That's second most in baseball. It's amazing what you can do on the base paths. You can actually go out and steal some bags and be aggressive when you have leads. So we've seen the Cardinals do a little bit more of that, something that I believe will be a hallmark of this team is the team speed a little bit later in the season. But something that we talked about in previous podcasts is the need for Nolan Arenado to get going. There is no success this year if Nolan isn't a huge part of it, and it was an incredibly slow start to the season for Nolan Arenado. You look at his first 29 games, all right, that's through May 2nd. He was hitting 233 with a 590 OPS. That ain't going to do it. That's not going to cut it for a guy that is in the four hole. They kept him there. They wanted consistency. They knew that at some point it would click. Nolan knew that at some point it was going to click. And I'm telling you, he was working as hard as he could. He was trying everything throughout that month, but it just wasn't clicking for him. He was disconnected. Well, he finally figured it out because since then, all right, so May 3rd till now, he's hitting 352, seven home runs. He's driven in 20. And you look at this 12-game hit streak that Nolan's on. He's hitting 408, six home runs during that streak, 16 driven in. He is a factor right now. He is a dude in this lineup, in this league, just like we've seen him be over the past decade, but now it's starting to click for him, 
And again, it's starting to click for the team while he's going. It's also clicked for Nolan Gorman all season long. He's got an 11-game hit streak. He's hitting 432 during this streak, six home runs, 16 RBI. By the way, he's playing a really good second base. He made a play the other day where he was coming in for a baseball, had to throw across his body near the bag at second base, and threw a dart over to first to get a speedy runner. He's doing everything that the organization could possibly want him to do. And all of a sudden, you look at that big boy leaderboard, okay? You're looking at the slugging leaderboard. It's not Ronald Acuna Jr. at the top of it. It's not Freddie Freeman who terrorized the Cardinals over the weekend. It's not Mookie Betts. It is not that big monster in New York, Aaron Judge. You know who it is? It's Nolan Gorman who is atop the leaderboard when it comes to slugging right now. He's got a 925 slug. He's got a 1425 OPS. That's tops in baseball as well. So all of a sudden you look at the middle of this order for the Cardinals, and it'll vary on given days. But generally right now you look at 2-3-4 of Goldie, Gorman, Arenado. By the way, how nice is it to be able to slot a left-handed hitter in between those two animals? Like it changes the dynamic. It changes kind of how you have to attack late in games with your bullpen. But you have those guys that are feared. And then all of a sudden, off the top, you've got Lars Newbar who gets on base at a high clip. You've got Contreras there sitting in the five hole on a given day that you feel really confident in him getting going. And we'll get into Contreras and the work that he's done behind the plate here recently in a second. But this is a real deal lineup that the Cardinals have. And this is what they are going to have to lean on throughout this season. They're going to have to outscore the opposition. The starting pitching has gotten better for sure, but it's still going to be an issue. Or maybe issue is not even the right word. But it's not going to be the biggest strength of this ball club. The strength of this club needs to be the fact that they can blow teams out. And that's exactly what they're doing right now. Again, during this streak here of 11 of 14, they're scoring over seven runs per game. When you look overall at this team's offense on the whole season, and we realized there was a lot of meat left on the bone early. Offensively, things weren't clicking. But here you are nearing the end of May after an abysmal first month, and you look overall in Major League Baseball, not just the National League, the Cardinals are fifth in MLB in home runs. They've got 67 of them. They're sixth in extra base hits. They're sixth in average, and they're fifth in OPS. Like, this is where the Cardinals need to be. This is where they expected to be with this offense, and I, I think that this is what they expected with the pieces that they had coming in. Now, in fairness, I really do believe that they expect a tad bit more from Tyler O'Neill, who is currently on the IL, scheduled a little bit later in the week, hopefully, fingers crossed, to go out on a rehab assignment. And I think they expected more from Dylan Carlson, those two guys. Again, Dylan also on the IL can come off Thursday with his ankle injury. But others have stepped up in their stead. And Nolan Gorman, one of the biggest key pieces, Newt Barr, since he's been healthy, has been getting on base. You're just seeing a lot of contributions top to bottom in this Cardinal lineup. But it is going to be anchored by the big guns. If Goldie, Arenado, Contreras, Gorman, if these guys keep doing what they're doing, boy, this has got a chance to be a really fun season. And with the hole that the Cardinals dug themselves, maybe they're not a 95-win team. I don't think it's going to take 95 wins to win this division. The Cardinals will still have to answer the questions about starting pitching. Is it good enough? It has gotten better. 
certainly here, especially during this stretch. The Cardinals pitching right now, their starters during this 14-game stretch, have a 3.58 ERA. That's 10th in baseball, which is a far cry from what they had earlier. I mean, the starting ERA was north of 6 for a while this season, like for a good while this season. So it's nice to see them come back. Uh, innings pitch per game start, they're sitting at 12th during the last 14 games at 5.38 innings. Boy, that would be nice to get starters a little bit deeper into the game. That was the hope yesterday with Jack Flaherty was to get him deeper. The Cardinals' bullpen has been taxed here recently. Unfortunately, Jack was only able to get four and two-thirds. He did have a strikeout. Nick Lentz, the home plate umpire, didn't give him a call on the corner, ended up losing the batter, and ultimately had to come out of the ball game and only lasted, again, four and two-thirds. By the way, Jack was also great two times ago and looked like that ace again was really hoping we'd see that same performance but Jack ended up giving you a chance to win again and that's all you ask these Cardinal starters at this point to do give this offense a chance don't dig a hole so deep that you can't get out of it and the Cardinal starters are doing that what I was leading into in talking about the starting pitching is that the Cardinals are still going to have to answer questions about their starting pitching. If you want to go win a championship, is this group good enough? That's the question that they're going to have to ask themselves at the trade deadline. It's definitely a question they're going to have to ask themselves in the offseason when they look around, see who's available, see how much they cost, and have to pony up likely for one of those guys. But right now, they're giving you a chance. This offense is giving you a chance, and they're winning a lot of ball games. and it's a lot more fun at the yard. And I know that you guys, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a diehard Cardinal fan, and you're bought in through the thick, through the thin, you're doing it all. Like, you're having more fun, right? We're all having more fun. These guys are having more fun. While they were all saying the right things and truly believing the right things while they were going through that losing streak and just the bad first month, they're humans. So this wears on every single one of them as an individual and a high performer and especially a high performer that is on a stage like Major League Baseball players are. It is hard to struggle. It really is because you know that everybody's watching you. You're answering the same questions over and over again. And the one guy that I'm really thinking of the most during that was Nolan Arenado. Nolan wore it. I mean, he was taking this hard. I'm sure that it's, it's easy to say, like, hey, you know, the old cliche in baseball is like, you know, wash it off with the shower and go home. Tomorrow's a new day. Like, that's a great concept if you can do it. I doubt Nolan could do that because he knows that this team needs him to be successful. But if you stick with the process, if you continue to work hard, if you don't give in to all the BS, then you go out there and you will inevitably perform like these guys have done to get to this level. So I'm proud of them. Like I'm proud of the group to be able to do what they've done. Now they got to keep doing it, and there's a great opportunity on this road trip to continue to gain ground in this division. you got Cincinnati for four. You've got Cleveland for three. So an opportunity to have a really good road trip here and close that gap on the first place Brewers. Again, only five games ahead of you at this point. I also think that we would be remiss if we're talking about this offense right now and we don't talk about another guy. How about the resurgence of Paul DeYoung? In 23 games back now off of the IL, as you all know, he missed some time with the back in spring training, started the season in Memphis. Memphis. He's hitting 282, seven home runs. He's driven in 14. He's got a 953 OPS. And it was another big day at the plate yesterday for Paul DeYoung. He scored four times. He walked. He singled. 
oh yeah, and he did this. And there's a shot hammer deep left field at the track wall into the bullpen. That'll do it. DeYoung, a three-run bomb. That the voice of Chip Carey on Bally Sports Midwest as Paul DeYoung continues to be an impact player for this Cardinal team. So we all understand the last few years for Paulie D. We know the last three years have been forgettable. They've been miserable. They've been awful. But he has been great this season. And it's so fun to watch him have this impact. So that home run that you just heard, that was his seventh home run of the year. Um, and, and not that this is the be-all, end-all, okay? We understand that I'm going to name off some pretty darn good players here. But Paul DeYoung now with seven homers. He's got more home runs than Dansby Swanson, more home runs than Carlos Correa, more home runs than Trey Turner. Those were the three prize shortstops out on the market. He's got more home runs than Xander Bogarts. That's another one right there. And he's tied with Francisco Lindor. And, again, only doing this in 23 games right now. By the way, he's also playing a fantastic shortstop. I think he's making all the plays. He's ranging to the ball. He's got the arm for the position. So uh, congratulations early on to Paul DeYoung to be able to have this because I know that we all basically wrote him off, and I think that he knows that we all wrote him off, and he's not jaded about it. He's not bitter about it. He just wanted to go out there and be better. That's what he's mad about is the last couple of years for him. But he's making up for it now. Like, this has been so much fun to watch, and again, a guy that you know day in and day out, he's got to be in the lineup. Pauly D has to be there. Another guy that might find himself in the lineup a little bit more, how about Oscar Mercado? Oscar Mercado, a second-round pick by the Cardinals back in 2013. He got shipped off to Cleveland years back, debuted with them. He's been in the big leagues a while, but finally came back to the Cardinals this year as a minor league free agent. The thought was with O'Neal and with Dylan Carlson on the I.L., they would bring up Oscar Mercado, and he could steady things in the outfield. Very good defender. He can play center field. He can play either corner for you. I'm not sure they were expecting this. Well, let's see what Mercado can do with two strikes. Swing and a shot headed for the gap. That'll get down and score one. Donovan around second. He's on his way to third. He's got the green light. He's going to score. Mercado breaks it open. It's 3 nothing. That, again, the voice of Chip Carey on Bally Sports. Chip said I have to get him in on this podcast twice, so there you go. Check both those boxes. But how about that for Mercado? That was the two-RBI double in the second inning. He had an RBI single in the fourth and then had the two-RBI single to right field in the fifth inning. Dude drove in five yesterday, and all of a sudden, not just a plus defender in the outfield, but a bat. By the way, he has some wheels, too. His first game with the Cardinals, he stole two bags, including home on a double steal. So you'd have to think that Oscar Mercado is going to continue to get some reps. And that's like the fun thing. We've realized this over the years with the Cardinals, and it happens for every team. There are some guys that just come out of nowhere that make an impact. Maybe Oscar Mercado can be one of those guys. All right, let's quickly dive back into the Contreras situation. We all know the pause, the awkwardness, the bad optics of Wilson Contreras being briefly removed from the catcher position. A little bit less than two weeks, he was working solely as the DH, but he ended up coming back behind the plate, and the first one back behind the plate was Jack Flaherty. It was two starts ago now for Jack, and he was dominant. I mean, Jack went seven, didn't give up a run, punched out ten. 
he and Wilson were on the same page. Jack was just raining down praise and compliments for his catcher, and it was so great to see that. But what has happened since then? Well, since then, the Cardinals are now 5-0 and with Contreras behind the plate, and certainly the offense has a whole lot to do with the winning that the Cardinals have done. But starters with Contreras have worked well. Again, yesterday, Jack Stark didn't get as deep as he would like to, wasn't as economical uh, with his over 100 pitches but the Cardinals have starters have an ERA right around three in the last five games with Contreras behind the plate that ERA was closer to six before with Contreras behind the plate is it the adjustments that Contreras made I'd say partly I I think that there were some pitches specifically just in Jack's last outing that Contreras actually stole for him. Some breaking balls that he was better at the bottom of the zone and better on the corners than we've seen him in the past. I also think all of the work that Wilson Contreras is putting in with Ollie and with Dusty Blake, the Cardinals pitching coach, and with Andrew Kisner and with the pitching staff. I think that all of this work and all of this homework is paying off. And you'll watch Wilson in between innings. He goes down and he sits on the iPad. He's not playing fruit ninja over there okay he's digging into the next batters that are coming up and he's digging into the scouting reports and he's figuring out exactly how they want to go about it and all of those things you might say well everybody does that no they don't not everybody does that the best catchers do that and the best catchers retain all of that information but they continue to learn and and I think that's exactly where Contreras is getting behind the plate so he has worked well with the starters and as we talked about last podcast the biggest thing and the biggest, I don't even want to call it a change, it just its it takes time to build this. What they need to build, and when I say they, I mean Contreras and the pitching staff, is trust. You had Yadier Molina for two decades. There is trust there when you have that guy with that resume that you know that he knows the right thing to call, he knows you well, he knows what makes you tick. Contreras is the new kid in school. And he's trying to build up that trust with his staff. He's trying to build relationships. And I know that the pitchers are doing the same with him. Contreras is incredibly well-liked. They love the fire, the energy that he plays with. I guarantee you, you're listening to this right now. Again, you're a diehard Cardinal fan. You probably love the way that Contreras is going about it. How about the two-home run day that he had a couple of games ago? He hits the home run. He's like walking eight steps out of the box. He's got the hands up. He's yelling. Like that's energy, that's excitement, and that's Wilson Contreras. And the biggest key for him is don't lose that. Don't lose that through good times, through bad times. He has to be constant. He has to be the same guy. And I think that that's something that he was tiptoeing in the Cardinal clubhouse, I believe, early. Still trying to get a lay of the land and just not sure how to act. You can only be yourself, right? It's a good lesson for all of us. We are who we are. Yes, there are going to be some situations where we clean it up a tiny bit, but overall, it's always best to be you. And that's exactly what Contreras is doing right now, and it is working. He's going to continue to grow behind the plate. The Cardinals pitching staff has an opportunity to make him even better. That's the thing. We always talk about the catcher making the pitcher better, and there's a lot that goes into that. It's framing those pitches. It's calling the right pitches. It's also being a therapist behind the plate. There's a lot of hats that a catcher wears, but the pitching staff could be so much better for Contreras. These 0-2 mistakes that the Cardinals were plagued by for the first month of the season, that's not simply because Contreras put down the wrong fingers. These pitchers threw bad pitches like that's kind of how that goes and they've taken ownership of that and that's gotten better the two strike woes have gotten a lot better for the cardinal pitching staff 
Everyone needs to grow, but I love the fact that they are starting to build that trust and that consistency and that continuity behind the plate. And then you're also going to see him DH. You're going to see Kisner get reps behind the plate. And Kiz has done a great job with the role that he has and the opportunity that he was given in the last couple of weeks. So there really have been contributions top to bottom in this team's recent winning. Again, 11 of the last 14. The offense is flying high, and they get to fly to Cincinnati where the ball flies flies out of the ballpark at a torrid pace. I gave you the offensive numbers earlier. I gave you the home run numbers, and we expect some big numbers in a four-game set in Cincinnati. Jordan Montgomery has got the ball this evening as I'm doing this podcast on the first game of a four-game set against the Reds. Cards would love to give him a little run support. They have not won any of his last seven starts. So it has been a long run since Jordan's got to shake hands and be happy at the end of the game. And you look at his numbers, he's probably the most consistent starter that the Cardinals have had. So it's time to get him one. He'll be going up against the rookie Brandon Williamson tonight for the Cincinnati Reds. Early one, East Coast game. First pitches at 540, and hopefully we'll have a lot of great stuff to break down. I'm going to try to do another one of these podcasts this week because i got to be honest, I totally slacked last week. That's on me, so I'll do better this week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for checking out the Redbird Report. I'll see you again later this week. You've been listening to the Redbird Report podcast with Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. Driven by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Check out every episode at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 mobile app.